Hello and welcome back to our year in review part two, fourth year on Sneaker Madness. Hot dear. dear. What's that smell? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty as fuck. Hey, look at me! Thrill me. If you come back in here, I'm going to hit you with so many rights, you're going to beg for a left. Thrill me. Big for that. Thrill me. Hey, look at me! No more! Hang on! It stinks. Hang on! Get to the Hello and welcome to Sticker Madness, the podcast about bad movies for bad movie lovers by bad movie lovers. I'm your host, Justin, with me as always, Sam and Jackie. Uh, this is uh, part two of our big closeout of uh, each year, our fourth year in podcasting. These are now the cream of the crap or crop. Yeah, I would say cream it, of the crap. As it, as it were, the top four movies that we watched in the last year picked by each of us individually. Uh, these are all stop what you're doing and watch these movies. If you haven't, uh, highly important, highly awesome. Uh, the best that you could possibly get in, uh, the genre of whatever this genre is stingers. Before we get started, I'd like to make a comment that might be inflammatory to some of our fans. Uh-oh. Uh, and I just have to do it anyway, because of, uh, uh what we've, what happened to us, uh, Prior to recording this episode, as we watch an episode of Airwolf, and I just have to say that <laughs> Airwolf blows ass. Airwolf did not make my year in review. <laughs> Airwolf is terrible. And I've watched it a few times because I wanted to be like, when it first came out, I was like, Airwolf, oh my God, you're all. It's a sweet ass attack, attack helicopter. It's got to be rad, it's, right? It had, when they, I think I was in third grade or something when uh-huh. it came out, so it was basically as awesome as it could be to me because I was eight. Right. But I watched it a few times as an adult. I'm like, man, they just, you can't make, there's not enough here to make a show of. This should have been a movie or something. Right. 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 There's a very specific need for an attack helicopter and it can't be the jack of all trades. Right. Every week on television. You can't solve crime on a weekly basis with an attack chopper. With an attack, with a secret attack chopper that lives in a, Volcano in Monument Rock, Valley. Rocket-powered atta- attack chopper. With elements from Johnny Quest, like the guy that's the the kingpin of their operation has like a weird sunglass eye patch yeah, thing what's, going on. What's his on. name? Archangel? Yeah, Archangel, yeah. Yeah. Ernest Borgnine's a strange comic relief. He's too expensive for this show. So what you have is this fucking series that can never be what... Like, if... Every dollar they spent on the 55 original episodes before it got uh, Canadian reintroduction and production to USA, mm. if they would have spent all of the money that they spent on the 55 episodes of the CBS Airwolf run, they would have been able to make five good <laughs> episodes of Airwolf. You know what I mean? Right, right, That's, right. And they made 55. So most of them are just everything but Airwolf with this title sequence at the beginning and then some more helicopter shit at the end when it's not even airwolf for the 45 minutes right. in the middle airwolf does not appear inside of airwolf oh uh you know here's your problem with your theory sam what they did make airwolf the movie it's called megaforce and it stinks and it flopped and so they should have known fucking better than to make megaforce oh. the tv show 
You just led me to something that's more inflammatory to some of our listeners, possibly the fans of the Star Wars, because I watched the uh, new one. And it was uh, Jack B was saying, oh, they're bringing back Megaforce. He's, Uh you know, catfished me or whatever. Right. No, they did. Uh, They're three quarters of the way through the new Star Wars. The Rebel Alliance goes Megaforce. (laughs) I am not joking. I'm like. Oh my god! That was the only part of the movie I was like, I was like they're going mega force." That's awesome. That's so stupid. <laughs> Brian Boswick is no Barry Boswick Barry Bo- is Cal Mordraw. Yeah, whatever dumb Star Wars name is appears in that film. Uh, let's get to the year in review. I'm J- just I'm just gonna say right now, it uh, sounds like I really escaped a bullet this afternoon by taking a, a nap. Missing Airwolf because wow. Brian Cranston was in it. Brian Cranston was in it. Uh, But yeah, no, Airwolf. Jackie, number four on your year in review. Okay. Are you guys going to guess? Yeah, I know what that song is. Sleepwalkers! Sleepwalkers. Because Clovis is the best fucking detective ever. Here's... If the show had not been called Airwolf if it had just been Clovis the Attack Cat? Because when you've got Clovis, you don't need a fucking attack chopper. Clovis Super Cop? Super Cop. He needs to team up with Jackie Chan. Like, oh, they man. could do a Super Cop 10 or wherever they're at now. Super Cop with Clovis. Right, right. Police, As a sidekick. Police Story 62. Yeah. Clovis. Clovis. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, this movie was just so cool. Like... I liked that the teacher mm-hmm. got his arm ripped off. Right. <laughs> I thought that was great. Right. Um, I liked that they had the superpower that they could change their car anytime they wanted. Right. That was pretty cool. That's pretty strange for cat people to have. But I, the one thing I did not like about this no. okay. is that the, the cat people, when you see them in the mirror, they look weird. They're, they, they're like... Demons. Uh, yeah, they're hairless, grody, shriveled up. Pruny cats. Demon cats people. Yeah. Yeah. And that could have been done a little better. I didn't What's like that What's wrong with the tabby cat? I didn't like that they're hairless and don't have junk. They should have had junk. Why yeah. not? I mean, this movie's very rated R. Give them some cat I junk. I think yeah, junk would have got him an X rating. You think? Yeah. Cat you couldn't junk? do junk. Look. But you can have his have him sleep with his mom. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you can. I mean, yeah. Well, that's the thing is that killing someone is PG-13 tits are rated r right that's the kind of fucking pool that the mpaa is running right right yeah maybe maybe rated x but i you know i'm looking i'm looking down right now at my dog and i can see his dick i yeah. mean yeah it, life isn't rated r because animals junk is always out these people should have had junk i'm sure maybe it's not you know erect or anything like that but, uh, well that's another problem when you get like the makeup guy that did those is so grotesque it's like do we get to do junk this time? Yeah, Steve, we get to do junk. And it's like, wow, Steve, you've made a cat person with giant balls and a weird crooked dick. <laughs> and now we're all going to be staring at that weird crooked dick. Oh, every yeah, time. because we're not staring at their awful costumes I to think, begin with. I think that their dick would have looked like E.T. Might have. Like just like just in E.T., a small E.T. toy yeah. stuck <laughs> to their pelvis. Yeah. Eyes light up if you turn its head to the left. Exactly. <laughs> it would make perfect sense in Sleepwalkers yeah. because nothing makes sense in Sleepwalkers. And uh, Mark Hamill was in it in yep. the very beginning. Always yeah. good to see Mark Hamill. Um, 
you know, the, the dead girl in the very beginning I thought was done really well. <laughs> Shut up. Quit laughing. Nothing was done well in Sleepwalkers. I really, really liked it. It's awesome. It is fucking awesome. Uh, spoiler alert, we're going to see Sleepwalkers again. The only reason I didn't put it on my list is because I knew it was going to be on both of your lists, so I just wanted to add a movie that we could talk about because I was like, yeah. Sleepwalkers is going to be top five for all of us, so I'm just going to leave it out because I know what's going to be there. You know, we talk about Stephen King so fucking much because, God, he's perfect for this fucking show. And two of his works are in my legitimately favorite movies of all time, Stand By Me and Shawshank. Yeah. Uh, what a guy, you know? like. Uh-huh. He runs the gambit all over the place of quality writing to shit writing. And then there's stuff in between that nobody even ever addresses. Like thinner is no good. You know, it's boring. Uh, uh, what's what's the other one that was right around that time of thinner? Um, I don't remember what came out. The, after the Tommy Knockers. Tommy Knockers was uh, made for TV. Yeah, the the stand um, TV. But I'm talking. I'm not talking sure. about his books. I'm talking about the things that were productions. Converting. Yeah, uh, just all over. And usually you don't find that in somebody like that where they have extremely good writing and then extremely dumb writing and every step along the way. Yeah. So thank you, Stephen King, He's, for existing. Volume is incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the one with Johnny Depp? It came out in the early 2000s where he was like writing in the woods. Oh, God. The corn at the end. Yeah, it's not called Rear Window, obviously, but it's like The Window, Cabin Window, or something Barn like door. that. I saw that in the theater. Oh, I. On a date. I didn't. Oof. I didn't. It wasn't that bad, I but it was like my Friday night was spent with that movie, and I was like, well, that fucking sucks. Yeah, right. I wanted to punch Johnny Depp in the face <laughs> after me. I think I, I didn't care about him before, uh, but after that movie, I hated it. That was the turning point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sleepwalkers, though, Cat People, the movie, uh, man, it is awesome. And and Clovis. I mean, you could just whatever Clovis is in is going to be awesome because that cat kicks fucking ass. Oh yeah. Sam, number four. Number four was the last thing we talked about in last week. Okay. Speed Zone. Speed Zone, starring the SCTV crew. Crew, yes. And what I saved for this week is we mentioned the TV uh, SCTV, but we didn't mention the goddamn Smothers Brothers. Yeah. And they are fucking fantastic. Yeah. That Peanuts plane gag is one of the best routines that I've seen in a movie. The Smothers Brothers are super funny fucking guys. Uh, Their routines are fucking solid gold. And the, the whole plane thing with the Smothers Brothers is, is amazing. insane. That's what actually turned this from like a Hall of Fame from a it was a sleeper. It was like, oh, I know I'm going to like it because I saw the first part of it. Right. But this thing turned into like a Hall of Fame contender because of that fucking plane sequence when they're they're racing in the plane. They're racing a plane on the 405. Yes. That is bananas. That's like, can you imagine the logistics to get something like that put together. I can't believe they did it. I can't believe they did it either. And and it's a full size 727 uh, that it, when they hit the overpass gets the wings tear off, tore off. There seems to be no good way to fake that. What if Gary forgot to load the film? Yeah, we got one shot at this, boys. Let's yeah. not fuck it up. That's I mean, t- dude, you had to have 
fucking six to ten cameras just for that one yeah. day. Be like, yeah, we cannot miss fail you saves can, upon fail saves. There's only you can only do something like that once. We're not getting another seven twenty seven, Gary. Don't yeah. fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Well, yeah. you know what's sad is that in the previous episode, I didn't talk during this movie because I couldn't remember it <laughs> until just now. Until just now, when you're like the seven twenty seven, the Smothers Brothers, I'm like. Oh yeah, that was the best part of that entire movie. Was oh, those is. two? It is. Uh, the the seven twenty seven is just mind blowing. Yeah. See, I mean, like, but the rest you, of it was so forgettable for me. You oh, talk. Really? You talk about uh, cliffhanger, and it's the most expensive stunt of all time. And you're like, Bleh. when you watch it, you've got this, and it's like, dude, this is fucking. This is nuts. Yeah, I don't know how they even because they they have. <laughs> You can't just crash a plane into an overpass. Right. So they had to rig it some way. And they, but you're looking at it going like how the fuck did they even rig it to make it when you look write, like you're running a fucking plane into an overpass? When you write that down on paper and then turn it over to uh the studio and say, Yeah, you're gonna have to write a check for this them saying yes to that request for that check is huh. I almost think I tell you to go fuck yourself because of how troubled the production was before it got made and how it gets to get kicked out of being in officially in the trilogy, the trilogy for Cannibal, Cannibal Run, Run yeah. uh, that it may have been the producer that like finally Greenland was like said, if you can do this fucking plane thing and prove to me that you can do this fucking plane thing, I don't care what else you do. Yeah. I'll fucking give you the meager budget you're asking for if you can actually pull this shit off. Right. Right. No, Speed Zone is awesome. I don't know what you're talking about, Jackie. When you said, you said on the the episode that we did it for that you didn't like it. And I was like, uh, what? I, I love it. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Obviously, awesome. it was extremely forgettable for me. I even did a podcast on it and I don't remember it. Huh. <laughs> well, okay. Speed Zone is not Jackie's bag, baby. No. What do you got for three? Four. Four. Number four for me. This is a little film starring uh, John Ritter and Jim's Belushi. Real Men. This is my number two. Oh, yeah. it's my number two as well. Yeah, no, I knew it would. Uh, I knew it would get to make the rounds quite heavily. Uh, I'll keep my uh, bit about Real Men brief, but I mostly what I want to say about Real Men is that is a it's a surprise because every single thing. About that movie, if you put it on paper and slid it over to me and said, this is what real men is, I'd be like, no, that's going to be awful. That's going to be terrible. None of this would work. It will look stupid. Nobody will laugh at it. Uh, the plot is nonsense. Nobody's going to go for this. This is, a, this is a no for me. And yet somehow those two guys take that writing that should be stupid and fucking kill it. Yeah, they carry. It all works as a machine, though. It's just it's just a tremendously silly machine that you wouldn't expect to work at all. Right. It shouldn't have worked. And, and Jim it Belushi does. is in such good shape in this movie. And normally I don't like Jim Belushi, but man, he is funny in this film. Mm -hmm. I give him chances periodically just because of this movie. Yeah, I've seen it. My first time through was when I was a kid, and it's like my whole life I'm like, I give Jim Belushi a chance to be funny. I'm like, I'm going to give him another shot because I know we can do it. I've seen real men. Mm -hmm. And honestly, he's pretty good in Red Heat, too. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's exactly how you write this pairing and why the straight man and 
hey lady works so yeah. fucking well and has worked for a hundred years is because when you put it together you get real men uh and those guys did it perfectly john ritter as as the screwball and jim belushi as the straight man works for me completely and i think it was the best part about that movie was when they were like bang bang the it again the finger gun thing should not work should not work and it does jackie number three to you labyrinth really dance magic dance magic <sighs> shove my penis in your face i'm gonna support your pick here because i can't because of the fact that it does so many things wrong i can't consider it to be a good movie i yeah i agree i agree even though visually speaking it's amazing it's a masterpiece other than visually when David Bowie's dong is hitting you it's, in the nose in 3D. Yeah, it's a he's got a grapefruit stuck in his pants. It's guys got to shoot know? around that. Here's the deal. I know because this movie is traumatizing to a child. So I spent my whole <laughs> life I've been like in my I have night sweats where I'm just running from David Bowie's uh-huh. package, right? So as an adult, uh I hear somebody tells me, "Oh, David Bowie does for a full frontal." in uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth. And I'm uh, like, I'm going to Netflix when Netflix was still discs. I'm going to mail out for a movie to see another guy's cock. Right. <laughs> so I watched The Man Who Fell to Earth specifically to see David Bowie's dick. <laughs> and I'm like, it was actually not a bad movie. But when I'm finally, when you finally get there, it's like, you know, you, it was so anticlimactic because it's like, I've spent my whole life on this journey to <laughs> looking at David Bowie's dick. <laughs> It's just so stupid. And I get there. I'm like, that's a normal sized dick. What the fuck is going on in Labyrinth? He's got a grapefruit stuck down there. It's I think it's that they really shot unaround it. Yeah. Like when you focus that hard on someone's dong, it's going to look big. Yeah. Uh, my hang up with Labyrinth, and this is a flaw with me, not the film, is the entire time I when I was watching it because Jackie and I went and saw it at the theater. It was on one of those re-released jobbers. Uh, the entire time I felt uncomfortable because I was watching Jennifer Conley and realizing in like three years you are going to be so fucking hot. She is in three years. She's going to be pretty hot. But when she was one of those weird ones that it was like when she turned forty, she was this. Nobody's ever looked better at 40 than Jennifer Conley. She was like a goddess at that age. It was unbelievable. She didn't like ripen until that age. Right. Yeah. Like, it's just, uh, I know where your career is going. I'm from the future, young Jennifer Conley, and uh, this is making me feel weird. Mm. So uh, let's cut back to David Bowie's penis. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So now that I know that there's a movie out there that shows his full frontal, I'm totally watching this thing. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if you'd like it. It's pretty. I'll long. just fast forward to the dong part. <laughs> no, that's you know, not you part have of the deal. Google. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You could just Google it at that point. Yeah. Right. It's too bad they don't have a Mister Skin for dongs. I guess maybe they do. I don't go to that part of the internet. Yeah. Uh, the songs are great in Labyrinth. Uh, it is a musical that I enjoy. Um, the fucking creature effects. My God, that guy was so fucking good. Henson's amazing. Just like not. You know, obviously he rules the roost of uh, of anim- animation or at- animatronics and puppets. Uh, he's the best it's ever been. Yeah. But his talent was so supreme that really you could like 
the top Time Magazine's 100 greatest artists of all time. Doesn't matter what you're doing, uh, and he would be in that. Jim Henson was a supreme talent. One of the reasons that you can say that he's this supreme talent in art is that he did something with materials that were available to everyone else that no one else could do. Mm-hmm. You couldn't copy it. If you if he handed you a box right. of like a kit, mm-hmm. here's the Jim Henson kit. I've made this easier for you to copy me. You still wouldn't you be still able to do it. do it. Yeah, it was incredible. No one else did it. No, he was the master, the fucking master. And and, and you know it's it's sad because we've you know in film we've turned so far away from practical effects. Yeah, we just animate everything, and to a degree that that's fine because you've still got an artist rendering the concepts behind these characters, but. I it wouldn't be the suckiest thing in the world if someday Jim Henson wasn't the greatest puppeteer that there was somebody else in the future that yeah. takes over and does even better than him. I would love that. Yeah, I was odd. I I saw the one sort of uh, one of the bright spots in the new Star Wars movie was uh, Last Jedi was that they shot that at Pinewood. Still, I guess that's part of the deal. Um, and there was a practical they did almost everything practically that's actually a strength of the movie yeah uh there was a creature i looked through the credits and i couldn't find it but i was just looking at it and go that's got to be a henson rig Hmm. nobody else would be able to do that yeah right right well i can't find this dick picture all right (laughs) the entire time you guys have been talking i've just been over here on google david bowie's dick really isn't too related to the year in review so let's (laughs) move on but i googled david bowie's David Bowie Dick in The Man Who Fell from Earth, and it doesn't come up. Maybe you got safe search. You can't get David Bowie's dick up. What's because he's dead? And it all comes back to my fear of the swingers party. I don't don't want to do this podcast anymore now. I'm sad. Number three, Jackie. Labyrinth. Oh, shit. Oh, really? Oh, why? Because it's David Bowie's dick? Number three, Sam. (laughs) This is one that only I watched. Okay. And the reason it's so high on this list is that I had... had, I've been thinking about it still. I've been thinking about this movie for five weeks now. Okay. St. Elmo's Fire. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) It is perplexing. Uh, It's... A very respected film, isn't it? No. Okay, I thought it was. People hated it. Maybe it's just that song. Yeah, the song was a big hit. Yeah. But the movie itself is Joel Schumacher. Uh-huh. And I'm going to... It's... It may be his magnum opus. I think it is. Other than Batman and Robin, really? Yeah. It's better than... Well, I think supposedly DC Cab's really good. I haven't seen that in so long. I don't know, right? <laughs> it's got it's got Mr. T in it. It might be halfway yeah, there, right? Yeah, sure, right. So, uh, yeah, St. Elmo's Fire is just this... I think it's a statement about the entire generation of children that were the last group of baby boomers uh-huh. are basically deplorable lost generation. Okay. I think that's what the movie says. I thought it was about cows getting electrocuted. Huh. Well, the great part about St. Elmo's Fire is that uh, they talk about St. Elmo's Fire for a second. Cows getting electrocuted? Well, the sailor version that it lights up the sterns. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. It's C. Yeah. And okay. the, no one's ever really seen it. Uh, oh, so it's bullshit. 
Yes. <laughs> There's a At thing. a time in the movie when you've been just swimming through this shit <laughs> and you're just like, God, these people are fucking terrible. And the one of them's like, it's all bullshit. And you're like, oh, fuck, I guess this movie does make sense. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, of pirate legend because of pirate legend right <laughs> you're like oh what but an odd way to get there when they mentioned that it was like that wasn't enough for the producers so there's a bar called saint elmo's too okay but there's no fire in there either so it's like well, if you're gonna do that go all the way and put a fucking fireplace in it or something right but it's not like it seems to be expertly made but it's just a head scratcher because I don't know why any producer greenlit it. Most producers read the script and there's like, why would I make a movie about the worst people I've ever encountered? Like these people are deplorable. These uh-huh. are, they should be killed in a horror movie, right? <laughs> right. Uh, why would I make this movie? And I guess that's why he made it. Is it's, maybe it's a social statement, but he finally got it made. And you watch it, and you're just like, this is a head scratcher. If that's what he's wanting to say, he said it. But still, why would you make this movie? You told me that. You didn't know if it was a good or bad movie. You just could not, like, it. what is it? It's either the finest social statement that a film can make at the wrong time, Uh or it's just a pile of shit. Or it's just crap. It's just (laughs) awful. It's just fucking awful. The reason I think it's the former rather than the latter is that Last Days of Disco by Witch Silman, which is a very well-respected film, mm-hmm. is the exact same thing done 15 years removed. Okay. And then people look back and go, yeah, that was a bad time and we were all assholes. Whereas Joel Schumacher's like, look at yourself, America. And we were like, oh, you go and read some of these reviews on IMDb, and that's the most candid thing about the film is that the people from the there's a lot of them are like if you were grown up in that time that's what it was like this movie brings me back to that and i'm reading these reviews going, so you were an asshole so you're an asshole okay yeah, wow. all right huh and this was cool to be this much of a fucking irresponsible flake <laughs> and like everybody's bad like uh oh one of them is just a co-core uh-huh. uh one of them plays saxophone and doesn't matter nothing else matters. Yeah. One person is sort of okay. And then uh, Emilio Estevez shows up and he's a fucking psychotic. He like stalks somebody. Oh, good. All the way to where her boyfriend's like, well, I'm not going to beat you up because you're too much of a pansy. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he's like, well, I guess I'm not going to stalk her anymore. What are you going to do now? Oh, I don't know. I'll be fucking creepy in some other way. So is the film telling the viewer that these are... Good people? No. Okay. It, it tells you that they're pieces of shit. It doesn't like try to tomboy out and be like, it's, yeah, teenage rape is fine. <laughs> no, it doesn't. As long it's, as you're smarmy about it. It doesn't ever assume anything. Okay. It just sets the whole thing in All front right. of you, right. and you have to chew it up and swallow it yourself, and huh. you get done with it, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Is it an episode, Sam? It, I am, unfortunately, because I've been vexed by it. If nobody else picks it, I will eventually Okay. Pick it. All right. St. Elmo's Fire. I have never seen it. So. I saw it a long time ago, but I just don't remember anything about yeah. it other than running on the beach. That's not in that movie. That's Chariots of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, shit. I guess I haven't seen it then. Just I don't remember kidding. it being that bad. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like a pretty interesting movie about track and field. Okay. <laughs> uh... You know, is is it like the same type of movie as like uh, uh, the Big Chill or like Grand Canyon, where you have this ensemble cast 
of people who are all connected and struggle individually in their own ways. Yes. Okay. I fucking hate those movies. <laughs> so I'm not real eager about saying almost. Well, watching. just imagine one of those movies with people that you all hate. Right. Well, it, like it set you set up yourself for me in that genre because I instantly want to tell every single one of these people to go fuck themselves because every single one of those movies tries to make them like this super big deal where the universe revolves around their fucking shitty little lives. Who fucking cares about you? You're why do I have to have you tell me? It's like the, the people that run the marathon and rock climb. Like, why are you fucking telling me about this? Yeah. You're, so you're a person. You're just, a, okay, good for fucking you. No, I hate those shit. Uh, Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, Let's well, if he's that venomous about it, we should do this. Yes, fuck those people. Oh, you're that fucking important. Ugh. Oh, this is a movie about my trip to the fucking supermarket, and they don't have the right size apples. Eat shit. Number three for me <laughs> is a film not about going to the supermarket and finding the wrong size apples. It's about going to the fucking desert underground cave and finding a lot of topless women. Gwendolyn! This isn't on my list just because I always talk about how it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Gwendolyn is amazing. Gwendolyn has escaped me for 20 years. How the fuck had I never seen Gwendolyn before? Oh, man, it's awesome. Tawny Katane. It's just one uh, of my all-time favorite movies. This is bad, good, all of it. Like this is a Gwendolyn's a top 10 movie for me. It's rad. The thing about Gwendolyn is like it's this adventure plot where Tawny Katane is in like uh, the e or Asia someplace and her dad leaves a treasure map. Is that right? He's trying to find her dad was a botanist that's trying to find a butterfly. The butterfly. Yeah, right, right, right. This super, super rare butterfly. And the only place it exists is the Valley of the Yik Yak. Which is apparently the most dangerous place on the world. Right. So you've got this like like a uh, uh, period piece adventure, kind of Indiana Jonesy, but not as, as little, goofy. A little bit more Shanghai surprise. Yeah, right, exactly. Where they travel to the Yik Yak and, and fight uh, challenges along the way. And then once they get to the Valley of the Yik Yak, there's a society of topless women who are making robot people underneath the dirt what you're, the fuck they found atlantis and then like through that you're like wow what is the weird secret future business of this and it's like no it's just some lady that's fucking using slaves to make a diamond mine yeah you're like oh fuck what the but they did find the butterfly right they right. did uh but side man, effect of the diamond what a mine. shift in a film like that is a gear shift when you're you're dropping that big rig you know if i may Throw out a little trucker reference. Sure. You're dropping that big rig from 15 all the way down in a reverse in a single motion because it is a fucking shift. This is an adventure movie. Now it's like a Logan's Run movie crammed into it as well of weirdness. And, and enough tits that when it came out, it has sing it has purposefully jammed itself into the erotic film genre and it's not it's, it's not. just a it's just a booby movie yeah sort of uh no more than really any other 
movie, really. I wouldn't yeah. even say it's a booby movie. It's there's a, a lot of tits in there's it. There's a lot of tits in it. Yeah, but it's not like that's not the focus. Like gets a little sexy with Brent Huff too. He has to wear yeah. the his butt comes out. Right. That's the other thing is like we got to have you screw in front of us, Tony Katane, to stay alive. I, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, and then Tony Katane. Wow. Because I was never a fan of hers. Like no. the like the David Coverdale bullshit where she's on top of the car having sex with it. I I just was like, eh, it's not for me. She was fucking epic hot in this movie. Yes, the French gal is very attractive as yeah, well. Yeah. I mean, they just, uh, just Jackin, I guess is his name. Yeah, right. Used, used Jackin, I think is actually how you pronounce it. But that man, that guy can put together a visual element like this. Everything is beautiful in this movie. Even like yeah. the pirate town at the beginning is beautiful yep. in its own dirtiness. Yep. Set design. It's, that Like it's, it's man, soundstage, giant soundstage yeah. for that. Like just awesome stuff. Uh, it's fun from beginning to end. Loved Gwendolyn. And it will go into my all-time favorite stinkers list for sure. Jackie? Number two. Well, I believe that uh, we've already talked about this, and it's Sam's number two as well. Yeah. The Real Men. Okay. Let's uh, let's have you guys go on your big job right now for talking talk it up, Real Men. I had been watching. I, I had seen it. Many times as a child, and it took me years, Mm -hmm. 20 some odd years to find this movie. And I was a little nervous that it wasn't going to be as good as I remembered. And it was just every bit of awesome that I remember watching when I was a kid. This was one of the VHS tapes that was starting to get worn out. Yeah. Like I probably watched this one and Biggles and Rambo 2 40, 50 times each, something like that. Well, I mean, the thing about your fear is it makes sense because as an adult, you look back in time and like a John Ritter movie. Uh, I don't know about John Ritter because you think two things with John Ritter. Three's Company. I love uh, Three's Company. Yeah, go watch an episode of it right now. Come on, uh-uh. on the door. Nope, it's not good. Uh, and then <laughs> and then Problem Child, and you're like, oh, oh god, I don't know about John Ritter. But then you watch fucking Real Man, and you're like, oh my god, John Ritter. Yeah, there's a number of other John Ritter movies. Uh, a little after and a little bit before that are pretty funny. There was that sex comedy with the condoms that looked like lightsabers. I can't remember what that was called. Yeah, I don't remember that. Um, but yeah, I, I never watched Problem Child, mm-hmm. any of them. So mm-hmm. I don't have any of that uh, distaste for Ritter. Sure. Because I just, even as a kid, saw the trailers for those and was like, that is not for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, their, their chemistry together is as good as anything uh in dumb and dumber i you know uh jeff daniels and jim carrey's chemistry together uh they rival that yeah they are excellent together on screen well you know and he's he's a macgyver belushi is in this right thing right yeah yeah that's how he recruits john ritter as he's sitting in there and he's building something out of common household products Uh which immediately you know you're you know if you if you've seen macgyver and all that stuff right you're you're thinking this guy is like top notch but he screws up a lot too, and so you're like, okay, and I and I just I will never get over the bang bang, yeah, finger uh, gun. I I think that it's awesome. The bang bang finger gun, and then the librarian dungeon master dominatrix uh-huh. yep, thing sure. yeah. that happens three quarters of the way through when Jim Belushi's like, you know what, fuck this, I'm just gonna have sex with this lady from here on out because I want wild stuff. And that John Ritter makes out with Jim Belushi's dad, who is a oh. hot lady. Oh, wow. yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and on the show, we mentioned how far ahead of the uh, its time this movie was, how very progressive its its uh-huh. themes were. Like Jim Belushi is totally okay with his dad being a, a transgender. Uh, what? This is 1985. That's surprising to put in this movie. Um, it should also be mentioned that the movie is about aliens. Yeah, I think that's actually one of the strongest. Huh? <laughs> it's in the writing and just all the themes. The end is is super strong. It ends up like he goes to the alien guy and he's like, well, do you want to have the power to destroy the earth or save it? And he's right. like, save it. What do you want? I don't know. A glass of water. Yeah. I'm just you. This isn't really a trade. We're just going to let you destroy yourselves or save yourselves. Uh-huh. You made the choice. I'll take the water, though. I'm thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Came down a ladder from a spaceship or whatever. Right. It's about aliens is. Wow. Huh. If you didn't know that, you would not see that coming because John Ritter definitely doesn't see it coming. His character is like when he gets told that the movie's about aliens, he's like, "Oh, what?" Yeah, and when huh? you see that, when you find out the movie's about aliens, they do a very minimal special effect, visual effect that uh-huh. works very well. Uh-huh. It has aged well because they less is more. Right, they didn't try to do too much. Right. But when everyone sees that the first time, they're like, wait a second, this movie's about fucking space aliens? Oh. Huh. Huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, Real Men is awesome. So good. So, so good. What do you have for number two? My number two... Clovis is back. Clovis is back. Number two for me is Sleepwalkers, Jack. Yeah. That's how much I love fucking Sleepwalkers. Like, I avoided sleepwalkers throughout my entire adult life because it, it when I, when we were talking about it when you picked it we were, we talked about the tommy knockers and thinner and sleepwalkers was right in the middle of those and i just thought stephen king was on like a shit stain streak where nothing interesting was going on in his movies he was just what's the next gimmick i can put I together am. cat people why not uh and sleepwalkers is just such hot garbage just such hot garbage i think it's more hot garbage than pets amatory it is like, it is absolute hot shit electric flaming cat fur and knowing how much control king himself had on both of those films right like, like if there was a film by he would he could probably pull the film by credit on both of them mm-hmm. But Sleepwalkers is definitely his baby for all of the movies he's ever been involved yeah, with. That right. was like all him. Uh-huh. And you're just like, what a cool, silly guy. Yep. <laughs> that's an awesome. He's just a cool, silly guy. Why not, Stephen King? Yeah. Right? Why not? Cat people. Sure. Go for it. They got superpowers. They can transform their car invisible. Whatever. Yeah. It's oh. stuff. I. It's fun. <laughs> the movie like starts out and it has this sort of thing where you're feeling like it's going to be this epic deal, right? Because it's like, oh, this ancient race uh-huh. of cat people and all right. this and you're you're thinking you're supposed to be on their side because they, they're like vampires right yes yeah but you're thinking like you're almost like oh i should be on their side because they're the last of a dying race uh-huh. but then the kid goes to high school and he's the biggest dickhead on the planet like fuck su- the cat people supreme douche he just tries to run over kids for no reason for none reason it's like oh we gotta lay low this time Okay, let me go try to run down some kids in my fucking <laughs> I'll go Camaro. Some teenagers. <laughs> well, is it a Camaro? Maybe it's a Mustang. I don't know. What mood am I in today? I'm a cat person. I got fucking car changing superpowers. <sighs> and then their primary weakness 
Cats. Cats. <laughs> cat people. Which makes no fucking sense. Number one weakness is cats. Cats. So they're not cat people. So they should. He like and they're incestuous cat people. Mm. We don't we don't know any more about the cat people race because this is the last two of them. But I'm going to assume everything I know about cat people is that they're incestuous because I only have one exact example to go off of. The last of the cat people are incestuous. So all cat people yeah. are incestuous. Uh, it's they shouldn't be able to have sex together because they're allergic to, to themselves. <laughs> and not some, I mean, yeah, I, maybe they have to have sex with each other to live or something the way they're doing it. Right. What? how, what? Cause they're like, only being evil or fucking each other. Right. There's really no in between right. with Running these Running over two. teenagers or glowing in their bedroom. Yeah. Because they glow when they bang. That's also a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I guess they got pointy ears, but they might not be cats. I don't know what they are. <laughs> They're allergic to cats. Uh, it's bizarre, and it's impossibly stupid and fun throughout. Clovis rules. Yeah. Uh yeah, I I fucking love Sleepwalkers. I fucking love it. I would like to go to there. I'll watch as as we said Pet Cemetery, I'll watch that every year. I'll watch Sleepwalkers every year. Both are a fucking blast. The Big Guns. Jackie, number 1. It's the fish at St. Pittsburgh. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's the fish at St. Pittsburgh. Wow is right. Dr. J and the fish that saved Pittsburgh is your number one movie of the year. Yes. Wow. I am surprised I by that. I did not see that coming. Yeah. I loved that movie so much. Uh, the, the fortune teller lady mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the Who's, costumes. Who and the- is just a, uh, uh, a Zodiac reader, yeah. really. Yeah. And she... If you, if you don't know anything about Fish That Save Pittsburgh, it's Dr. J has a shitty basketball team. Uh, they need to turn the whole thing around so a kid enlists the Zodiac lady to tell them when it's a good time to slam it well, or the, to pass it. She, <coughs> The kid starts reading some things about astrology, and he's like, wait a second. Dr. J's character, whatever, is, is a Pisces, and he's surrounded by a bunch of something else. Uh-huh. They're assholes. we got to get rid of them. And then he goes to the... Uh, astrologer and she's like a basketball team made of pisces i can become bill belichick somehow right. knowing this information <laughs> and then that happens and you're like what the fuck uh it's awesome and it's such it's got a weird large following does it yeah well, i mean there's a website there is a website yeah. that is basically dedicated to making people know that it's the greatest basketball movie ever made, according mm, to the it's website. Better than Space Jam, that's for sure. It is better than was this. It was the best of any of them that we did. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Yeah, but I I loved that they had the great big fish at the end that came down. Yeah. Uh, it's and production it's hoopla, design is pretty impressive. You know that they they kidnapped the the Zodiac reader gal, right. and you know that this little kid is pretty much managing a team, and it, it was just super fun. It and is. It is fun. The, the costumes in the period of that age, you know, what was cool and hip and jive, you know. Right. The big cars and that uh-huh. kind of stuff. Um, I just thought it was super funny and campy. I liked it. Yeah. No, I I, I really enjoyed Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. It was on the outside looking in. I just sort of, I had to choose between that and the specialist. And I just felt like we didn't talk enough about the specialist. So I slid that one in instead. There you go. Mm. Uh, no, it's, it's a great time. I highly recommend the fish that save Pittsburgh. And, and 
really the thing that like Jackie's not a basketball fan. She no. No. I can't even talk her into going to a local basketball game knowing how much I think they're exciting and they got hot dogs there. Yeah. And that's cool. Um like we can't get her to watch sports movies either. Right. Except she, for any given Sunday. She wanted to watch that one. She likes There's a bunch of dongs in that one. Oh, that's why. She likes the fish that save Pittsburgh hating basketball. Yeah. Now on the other side of the coin, I enjoy basketball quite a bit. I always have my entire life. This is very Harlem Globetrotters basketball yeah. that's in this movie, and it's fun. So you don't have to be a basketball person to enjoy it. And if you are a basketball person, you're going to enjoy it. Like, it's just fun for everybody. Bring the whole family. Dr. J's going to dunk it yeah. and maybe have sex with a lady because he can dunk it. I'm not real sure about that part. And the, it does one thing right that a lot of movies forget. Its characters are characters. Right, right. Every single one of them. Yes, Yes. Set shot. Yep. Oh, man. Set shot. <laughs> set shot. It uh, takes fouls, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when we did the Space Jam um, episode and I bitched about uh, their uniforms, right? Uh -huh, and how uh -huh. crappy they were. Right. But in the Fish That Say Pittsburgh, they've got like the shiny. I mean, somebody spent some they time are on bejeweled. these. Yeah. These are some great athletic gear looks. They're looking sweet. Yeah. I, it's got to be the best looking sports outfit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's one of the like fun funnest sports movies I can think of from the seventies, at least for sure. Yeah, I know it's like bleak period. Like it, could, it very could have been that bowling movie that we all fucking hated so bad, and it wasn't. Yes. What the fuck was that bowling movie? Who like, fucking cares? God, that bowling movie <laughs> sucked. Bowling movie. Bowling movie. Yeah, no, Fish That Save Pittsburgh, Jackie. Nice choice for number one. Samuel. My number one is Radical Jack. Radical <laughs> Jack is number one! <laughs> well, that was my number nine. Uh, 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 no, Radical Jack's about a that? big deal to me because Radical Jack is so bad. It is on, like, finding it was sort of like finding Megaforce or finding yeah, right. Duncan Jacks or any of these things. Like, it was like, whoa, Get a load of this bullshit. Get a load of this Billy Ray. Oh, my God. And and you have no choice. I mean, it is a load of Billy Ray. Yeah. And that I can comfortably say it is one of the worst films ever made. It sucks. <laughs> it I have. Is, I, I was like garbage. Come at me, bra. Yeah, <laughs> if right. you think it's not <laughs> right. Right. It is so dumb. But he definitely does uh, set the standard for. The most awesome mullet ever. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's it's the the pinnacle mullet. It's the gold. He's the apex mulleting. Yeah. He's. You're told he is so tough, so so fucking tough from the very opening shot of the film, and then he proceeds to accomplish nothing in his toughness from that point on. He hides under a goddamn bed, and then his girlfriend, who is just a waitress, has no training on being tough at all. Is the one that kills all the bad guys. She's the commando. At the beginning, he what? can't even get away from three dickheads. Right. right? Like, are you radical, Jack? He should be like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> got the wrong guy. Well, I've got your headshot right here, Billy Ray Cyrus. I've got your album cover. I've got actually. your album cover. <laughs> it is so bad uh, and fun and dumb and ugh, yeah, radical, Jack. I can't argue with you. 
No, it was a, it was a rare special find. I was just it's as excited about a bad movie as I've told more people about Radical Jack than I've told since probably the Duncan Jacks movies. And and that's the that's another thing is it is a good launch pad. You can tell anybody about Radical Jack. They don't yeah. have to be listeners of Stinker Madness to to appreciate it. Just be like, we're watching Radical Jack. Get ready. Yeah, like at some point, I'm just gonna like roll into somebody's house and like, hey, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I'm, we're gonna watch this movie. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell them anything. Right. And I've done it with you know uh, America 3000. I've done it with Malibu Express. I can do it with Radical Jack, yep. and that's why it's my number one. That's. I can just walk into somebody's house, sit them down, make them watch it. They'll be like, whoa, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Radical Asahi guy. Hey, Asahi guy. That's a blast. My number one to close out the top 10 list. I'm very surprised that this didn't come up before. Faithful Findings. I also left Neil Breen off of the list intentionally because we've just been, we scream the name of Breen constantly. Uh-huh. So I knew somebody was going to do it. So it was another one where I like my, the back end of my list were just films I wanted to talk about. I knew we were going to talk about Breen. All otherwise right. he would be on there. All right. All right. Jackie. I think my thing with the Breen films is they're, fucking ridiculous they're super funny Uh and they're not meant to be um i gotta get this work done but i uh they're just kind of boring to me really and i i I just my pants laughing that's that's why it didn't make my list for anything because it was uh there were just better films sam's eyeball almost came out from laughing yeah that's the thing about like most movies that you want to say are excited there's like never a dull moment and you're saying they're boring. I'm saying they're so boring that they become unboring. It's always a dull moment. Right. Every moment in a medieval brain film is as dull is as, as it possibly could be. And that transforms it into like lightning somehow. There could be a scene in a Neil Breen movie of him pouring a bag of chips into a bowl. He wouldn't be able to do it right. And I would be riveted. Yeah. Like this is exciting to me <laughs> because it's. <laughs> ineptitude on all levels. Faithful Fridays is to me super special because it's not as uncomfortable as the room. It's a little bit more accessible yeah. uh, because, you know, I, on various occasions I've exposed people to the room and they start to ask, is this a porno? Because it's so <laughs> bad in the realm of writing that it goes, it kind of blends into that nineties porno yeah. territory. Uh, Whereas Faithful Findings, nobody will, they're just like, this is what the fuck, what the fuck is this shit? There's magic. And then it's also so much more accessible than the, than the room's opposite, Birdemic, which is sure. just a piece of shit. Yeah, and I leave Birdemic out of the holy trinity of ineptitude because it's just too hard to watch. Right. It's just, it's, it's, it sucks. The three of them are... The Room, Fateful Findings, and Templar Nation. That's right. the holy trinity of inept filmmaking. And I think that the Breens are definitely the most accessible. Right. And I think uh, between those three of them, I think Fateful Findings is the most fun. It has, I mean, I'm going to walk around for the rest of my life and be saying, I got to get this work done. I got to get this work it's, done. That is my my motif now, my, my, uh, my idiom. Uh, it's a magical day. Um, I'm hacking government systems, just so much material that I'm going to use throughout my life forever that 
Faithful Findings has fused with my DNA. Sure. I am now one with Faithful Findings. To give, I would like to be able to do the Templar Nation quote. I (laughs) am a Templar. (laughs) But you have to do it like that. Right. And so there's no real world situation where you can do that with a movie that nobody's fucking seen. Uh, The plot's baffling. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Uh, And then you have been through this roller coaster of bad filmmaking and bad storytelling and bad acting and weirdness, you know, shirtless hugging, let's hug weirdly in the shower while I'm bleeding out of my head. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Um, Honey, why are you home from the hospital? Shouldn't you be there? I'm glad to see you. You've got massive head wound. And so you've gone through all this, and then you finally come to the conclusion of his hacking the government, which I may not even, I'm not even sure if that's what the movie's about. No, Uh, I'm not certain that, like, I really thought they were going to get to the bottom of the troubles that were happening at the bank. Right. Like, I got one of the problems that's going on with the bank is two of the employees just stay at home and drink wine all day. And then you have this press conference that Neil Breen gives. This magic rock. Uh, through a magic rock about the governments being evil and the corporations being evil. And these people attend, the evil people attend the press conference and they're like nodding along with him. Yeah, yeah you're right. We suck. And they go all fucking kill themselves. They kill themselves. <laughs> One of them dies smiling. <laughs> he doesn't even like. There, it, it's barely set up enough that he's suffocating himself in the car. So if you blink, you miss that part. You just see some guy in his car smile and then put his head on the steering wheel. Like, I guess he was evil and now he's dead. <laughs> right. Right. And like, so the only way to explain the entire film is magic. There's things that transpire that you're like, I have no rational explanation for what that is or what just happened. So I'm just going to go with magic? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, man, I <sighs> Faithful Findings cannot not be my number one. I am Faithful Findings. It is me. We are the same. Mm. There it is. Our number 10 through 1. So go watch those movies. I just want to go through my honorable mentions real quick. Uh, we can all do the same thing. But uh, Radical Jack did make my honorable sure. mentions. Uh, the Young Rebels, uh, which Rebels. I enjoyed quite a bit. The yeah. same guy that did uh, Samurai Cop. Uh, no Retreat, No Surrender. No, uh, you know, John Clad Van Damme sort of in it. Uh, and arguably the most weird training sequence ever. Raiders of Atlantis. You remember that shit, Sam? Yeah, I, I I struggled. That one I looked at like four times, but yeah. I didn't put it in the honorable mentions. Yeah. But I looked I, I liked I, it. I really liked it. It just got weak. I think it was a little too slow on the front end for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. But it really got there once it, yeah. once it did. Well, it slapped on the gas. See to Chucky, which Jackie hated, but I think it's my favorite Chucky movie. A Speed Racer, of course. Uh, Fate of the Furious, we did not mention at sure. all. Um, uh, it stinks. It uh, stinks versus... It went to a level of bad that they haven't touched since the second one. Yeah, and our friend Sean said, fuck you in the middle, <laughs> in the middle of, the, of theater. the theater. It was awesome. Uh, double Team, Born Killer, uh, the David A. Pryor, Ted A. Pryor, Fritz Matthews yes. joint, and The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh made my honorable mentions too. The only one that made mine that you didn't just mention there or I haven't mentioned earlier was Nine Deaths of the Ninja. Nine Deaths of the Ninja. Also but we had talked about that in a lot in the last year's year in review. Shokasugi so. and Brent Huff. Yeah. yeah. 
So my only two that I even put on an honorable mentions list mm-hmm. was Pop Star. Oh yeah, and The Running Man. Yeah, Pop Star. Don't never stop stopping. Except it. I didn't never stop stop. Put it. that in the bad movie. Uh, Pop Star's not. No, no. Yeah. She's just throwing an honorable mention to to it. I, I yeah. it was super funny. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, running Man, God, I, I just, I don't enjoy The Running Man very much. I'm sorry. I hate to be that guy. Uh, so now comes the part where we discuss the best three movies that we saw in 2017, uh, from 2017. So they, they can be shitty movies, uh, they're, they can be good movies, but these are the best, best movies that we saw of 2017. My most enjoyed movie experiences of the year. Yes. Let's start with you this time, Sam. It's odd that I have to put this here because it's a filmmaker that I particularly don't like except for two movies, mm-hmm. but I fucking loved Hateful Eight. The Hateful like, Eight, I wow. fucking loved Hateful Eight because uh, the thing is, is that I don't like these meandering things that Tarantino gets sidetracked in the middle of some of his other movies because he's trying to make a movie and Hateful Eight is only a meandering sidetrack. Right. There is no meat and potatoes. He's just sort of throwing peas and carrots at you the whole time. Right. And it's bizarre and it's strange and it's what makes his movies charming and it's the only time he's ever done it all at once and Mm. that's what I really liked about it. Huh. Even though it was long and wordy and just that that last 10 minutes of it killed it for me i just hated the final 10 minutes really yeah the stretch i actually didn't like it until halfway through yeah Mm. i did i I was on board i was big time on board where they pull into the the fucking uh bar whatever this place is the tavern in uh and things are not as they appear sure like it, it it Everybody knows things aren't what they're supposed to be inside, and it's just a matter of putting all the pieces together. I thought it was a fun, awesome whodunit until the last 10 minutes when everything's wrapped up, and I'm like, oh, fuck this. I really liked elements that I don't like in other movies. Narrate. like He just comes in with a weird narration right. and does it, and the movie doesn't need it, and yeah. he knows he doesn't need it, but he's just doing it anyway because he thinks it's fun, right. and it works because he thinks it's fun, and that's just what I have to say about this movie. He just sort of made one that he wanted to make all the way like he wants to make it. And I liked that. I haven't liked any, I sort of liked Django. I didn't hate Django. I like Django. Yeah. But like, I liked the last half of Kill Bill 2. I hated one. I really only like Pulp Fiction in this movie. Yeah. Of his movies. I yeah. revisited Reservoir Dogs. I don't like it that much. Yeah. I'm, I think it's a snooze fest. Mm. Uh, Jackie. I, Tonya. I, Tanya, man, I cannot disagree with you. If I could have five movies, I, Tanya would be on the list for sure. It is fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's it was great storytelling. She is so good in it. Yeah. Margaret Robbie. Yeah. I, I She did not win. Uh, Frances McDormand won for three ebbing or three signs outside ebbings. Uh, I... I think that's the wrong choice. No offense, mm. Francis McDormand. You're great, but in that, you're just playing Francis McDormand. Sure. Uh, Margot Robbie, it, she shouldn't be depth. She shouldn't have this depth. You know, she's a Barbie doll. She's fucking great. Yeah. She's such a great actress. Mm-hmm. And she's just, she kills Tanya Harding. Oh, she does, most definitely. And mm. uh, just the skating. I, I like skating. Yeah. The, the, this the darker side of the skating world and mm-hmm. the things that she went through and just not knowing 
because I remember when all this happened. I just right. just don't remember it happening like that. And so it was it was a fun ride. It's it is a fun ride. Uh, it is a very interesting ride. Uh, there's a lot of perspective on the Olympics that we're kind of still dealing with. Like, oh, man. Like, we all know that the Russians are the bad guy because c- they're juicing. No. Our U.S. Olympic system isn't real great either, USA. No, we have rape all over ours. Yes. And then the Olympic Committee is just a cesspool of corruption that makes FIFA look like a fucking children's carnival. Right. And, and, and you know, the same thing with, you know, the the tragedy is is that you we have I I respect the shit out of Olympic athletes yeah. just respect the shit out of them and Tanya Harding being a white trash uh, 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 foul mouthed uh, poor kind of uh, you know uh, scuzzy diminishes my respect for her as an Olympic athlete. None. It actually does the opposite. Yeah. And Tanya Har- and and I Tanya showcases that throughout that she is mistreated. No, she's judged not by her athletic ability, but because of how fucking pretty she is or isn't. And that's fucking horseshit. Yeah. I'm fucking. I'm. I've had it with that crap. Well, she wasn't conventional, and they didn't want. There was just so much of of that in there, like. Well, you're not picking the right kind of music, so they don't want to push right. you along. Right. But she was so talented. She was incredibly talented. And the first woman to do the triple Lutz. Yeah. And then they just wanted to pass her up because, you know, I don't like your choice of music and your costumes aren't as fancy because you have to make your and, own stuff. And you smoke cigarettes and drink too much and your husband's a wife abuser and blah, blah, blah. How's that my fucking fault? How does that have anything to do with my my ability to skate? Kate, Fuck yeah. you. And she does. I mean, that's the other great thing is that Throughout the entire movie, she's Tanya Hart is is saying everything you want to say to the movie, like just so well done. And the editing, wowie wow 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 wow! Like every complaint that you had about Dunkirk, Jackie, mm-hmm. is the same idea uh, in I Tanya as far as its editing. It's constant, constant, constant changes, and it's just awesome. It is just awesome. I Tanya is fantastic. Good, 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 good job. Uh, my number three, The Darkest Hour. Uh, saw it in the theater. Absolutely loved it. Uh, it is exciting. It is supremely well acted. It is supremely well shot. I mean, it is gorgeous. It's passionate. And when you walk out of that theater, you want to fucking start a revolution. Like, you want to... You're so fired up and inspired and uh uh motivated it number one pissed off as hell and not gonna take it anymore that you want to like you walk out of there and you're looking for a goddamn soapbox to stand on and start yelling at people um that those motherfuckers man those motherfuckers they wanted to make peace with fucking hitler and he told them go fuck yourself he was i tanya hmm. him and tanya harding teamed up and fought the space Nazis and won because they're badasses. Fuck you, Nazis. I And, and it's just, it's a, a story in a movie about a cantankerous old man who struggles to get out of bed in the morning. That's yeah. what the movie's about. And 
when you get out of there, you're like, that guy, man, I want to punch somebody. Because fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Sammy? My number two is Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, yeah. That's a good movie. I It would have been a sort of good movie that I really enjoyed. It was a good movie with my daughter. Mm-hmm. I found out it was stop animation, and now yeah. I think it's one of the greatest movies that's ever been made. It is dumb. Uh, the is rig, dumb. the largest rig ever built yep. uh, for stop motion. I was When I found out that I was stop motion, my jaw was on the fucking ground. It's the best that's ever been done. The, n- not even, there's not even, sorry, Harry, hi, how was our, hi, who's a hauser? Uh, it's, it, Kubo is the best stop motion ever done. The opening scene when he plays his instrument and the paper mache samurai fight. Uh-huh. That's uh, what the fuck? How did they even do that? I didn't enjoy the story behind Kubo too much, but the one thing I will say about Kubo is it's fucking art. It oh, is yeah. as art as you can art. Like, man, is it chock full of people busting their fucking asses to make an artistic statement about yeah. something. That's it. There's no reason why it should be stop motion other than the fact they wanted to do it and they did it. And it's amazing. I agree. Visually, that movie just absolutely captivates you. And it's imaginative. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's a very unique uh, world that's created in this. Uh, The character design is great. The the witch lady uh, or witch ladies... Um, that his his nemesis are frightening. Yeah, I'm surprised that uh, your daughter didn't have nightmares. Um, traumatizing. <laughs> but at the same time, there's like this neat magical existence that that comes through the artwork. Yeah, uh, that I I I respect the hell out of that movie. Yeah, I also just because I watch such a volume of children's movies because I have a five year old. Uh. You're like this is the story's not really much to do. It's not like super unconventional or really right. great, but it versus all of the other things, it's actually a little bit brave. Yeah, it, it's they they kind of went out in every direction pretty far with Kubo. Like mm-hmm. it was not a safe play on any level. No, no, and that it makes it special. It makes it like the Dark Crystal, basically. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just a special film. Yeah, it's like a forever special movie. Yeah, you can critique the story. You can critique David Bowie's penis. But either way, the people who were making the art were fucking masters. At yeah. It. Nobody's ever been better. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Lego movies. Jackson? So my my next one is Call Me By Your Name. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, God, I, no. I didn't watch this. What the hell is, uh, what is Call Me By Your Name? Uh, it, it's controversial. It was the controversy one uh, with uh, Army Hammer. And uh, the kid was nominated for, but actually he won, didn't he? No, he no. didn't win. He lost to um, uh, Gary Oldman, of course. Yeah. Uh, the kid is a fucking great actor. Tommy Hammer's like the kiss of death. Yeah. Uh, he's an older intern kind of guy, uh, mid-20s, super handsome, uh, charming, comes over to stay with an Italian family and ends up having a love affair with their 16-year-old child. He was 17. 17, whatever. I think it's a little... It's it's Nambla, the movie. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. But aside from that, I fucking hated it. 
I fucking hated. I, I thought it was garbage. I thought it was shitty storytelling. Jackie, what did you like about it? I thought it really captured that summertime romance that you might only experience once in your lifetime, if you get to experience it at all. And I really felt like it encompassed that and caught that emotion beautifully. And I think that that's why I continue to keep thinking about it. And um, it just has a special place for me. I just, I think it's fantastic. The summertime love aspect of it, yes. is And, and that was my beef when we walked out of the theater on it, um, is that having your, your first love is a very big deal yeah. in your life. Uh, but the thing is, is every single person ever has had that first love. We've all Not gone all through. I It's 99.9%. Most moviegoers have seen it. What? Most moviegoers have had it, I say. Yeah, okay. So what you're doing is you're taking something that everybody experiences, uh, like pooping or doing the dishes or... Wow, that's really quite cynical compared to first loved and taking a shit. I'm, I'm not saying the level of funness behind them obviously pooping is not so fun um i enjoy it <laughs> but it's it's mundane it's common and not mine i don't I take a shit it's fucking serious <laughs> looks weird usually all kinds of different colors i go it's to like you the, ate a box of crowns yep <laughs> i go to the films to check out of reality and i don't mean that that means i have to go to fucking space uh, but I want to be in somebody else's shoes for a matter of time. That's what that experience to me should be. And I don't want to rehash some shit that I went through when I was fucking 18, 17, 18. Uh, okay. Okay. Cool. I'm glad I sat here for fucking three hours to experience the normal. I thought that the movie really did capture the normal and I just thought it was beautifully told. Hmm. Yeah, I, I completely disagree. I will take that to my grave. Call Me By Your Name was not a good movie. Uh, I mean, it's a fine movie, but it's it, it was nominated for the Oscar uh, for equal opportunity on subject matter. It's white guilt. Nope. Doesn't make it good. Number two for me. Uh, a little movie called Blade Runner 2049. I fucking loved Blade Runner 2049. I was switch. I couldn't decide whether I wanted that one or Hateful Eight, but I liked Hateful. I think I may have liked Blade Runner 2049, but the problem was I just didn't like it versus the first one. Yeah. So it was this weird film that was done very well. It, it, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a great movie. It's gorgeous. It's just comparatively... Blade Runner is my favorite movie, and it's not quite as good, so it gets a bad rap from me somehow. Yeah, because you're you're using another film to rate another film. My problem with Blade Runner 2049 versus the original is it says things explicitly that the first one says implicitly, and mm -hmm. the strength of the first one is that it makes those statements implicitly and not explicitly. Mm -hmm. Also... Its strongest point and its highest peak is a very high one, and I thought it was a great moment. Don't get me wrong. It's when the advertisement calls him Joe, and he realizes that he's not fucking special. Yeah. And that's a great hair stand up on the back of your neck. Yeah. It's half as high 
is Tears in the Rain from Rucker Holler. Yeah. It's half as high. Yeah. Well, and the first one hits about four more spots that are that high, too. And uh, well, uh, here's my thing, Sam. You, Blade Runner is your favorite? I, it's one of my least favorite movies. Sure. I just don't like Blade Runner. But I fucking loved Blade Runner 49. And maybe maybe for the opposite reasons why you like uh, Blade Runner 1. Um, my big thing that I want to give this film credit for is it didn't super succeed. Uh, in it, fact, I don't think it did very good at it didn't all. Very, it didn't do very good. Um, for how much it cost, sure. But it's one of those rare Hollywood summer big, big releases uh, that's a, that's not an original idea. It's a sequel, right? Which is what we're all complaining about, that there's no original ideas in Hollywood. It's just superhero movies and sequels. And it, this, it is all that, and it's good. It's shot beautifully. Uh, people with talent were put behind it. It's not fucking Jerry Bruckheimer shitting out some goddamn atrocity and and people you know paying selling a gajillion movies tickets. Somebody wanted to make a good movie, and they did. And the studio then said, "Okay, fine, we'll market it this way." Um, I loved it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was awesome. Mm. I enjoyed the storyline of it, but to me, it it, it was cool. I'll, I'll give you that. I liked the storyline. Mm-hmm. I liked the visual effects. It was a fine movie. Just didn't make. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Didn't make my wheel spin. Yep. It's right up my ass. Sammy. My number one. The movie that I enjoyed the most watching this year. Uh-huh. And I enjoyed it more than a movie. I, I enjoyed this movie more than any movie I've seen in five years, if not more. Oh. Pop star. Pop star never stop stop. Pop star <laughs> made me believe in comedy again. Oh, wow. I haven't seen any. Those guys are uniquely. Lonely Island is uniquely uh-huh. funny yeah. in a special way. They are generational <laughs> talents yes. in the world of comedy. It takes them seven years to make a movie. Good. Because once they finally get around to that, what they've boiled down in seven years is the largest collection of actually funny jokes that get puts into one movie until they make another movie. And they went to a place that probably killed this movie's returns by making the best dick joke that's ever been fucking made. Yeah. (laughs) But you can't put a cock on screen for as long as they did and get good financial returns. Right, right, right. Uh, it's, oh man, that, that is, it, it's a big dick in that movie. <laughs> that, that fucking joke right was there, the, the biggest dick and ever. That's what makes them special because everybody knows in comedy that like, if you're fucking tanking, fall back on a dick joke. Uh-huh. So when a group of three people are like, oh, you want a dick joke? Oh, you think And so? they're like, you ready for that? We're going to fucking show you what a dick joke can be. And you're like, whoa, that's a dick joke right there. Yowza. <laughs> That's awesome. That is, it is a hilarious fucking movie, man. I was rolling. It hits everything in the entertainment industry on the head perfectly. Yeah. It, the Very satirical. The TMZ, mm-hmm. mock TMZ yeah. group. Yeah. Oh, God. It was Will uh, Arnett. Oh, it was Will Arnett. Yeah, yeah, yeah Will yeah. Arnett. It is amazing. Yeah. No, it's, it's fucking, it is shit your pants funny. Uh, I loved it. Jaggy? You're a pretty big fan of pop star. Never I do. Stopping. I do. I, uh, you know, I made my honorable mentions list, even though it wasn't a bad movie. Right. Um, 
but I wanted to throw it out there because I did think it was super funny. I laughed my ass off. And it totally reminded me of when we were growing up and the boy band thing was like a big deal. Right. And, you know, it's like, oh, they're going to get back together and have a reunion tour. And it totally reminded me of like New Kids on the Block. Yeah, sure. <laughs> For whatever reason. And at the end, they're like, I always wanted to do that dance move. And I'm like, oh, yeah, in sync. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. It, it It's just fun. It makes you happy. It It does make you happy. It's a it's a happy movie. I, lo- I, I loved it. I had lost faith in comedy movies until that yeah. happened. I was like, oh, thank God we can still make funny ones. Right. Because a lot of, you know, there, there's movies that are very funny sure. nowadays, but they're not comedy movies. Yeah. They're, I, I'm going to give a shout out later. I just want to mention this movie. But The Big Sick uh, is yeah. a very funny movie. Um, it's all my, it's not on my list, but it's like, Hey, I, w- I just want to make sure big sick is a really good movie. Yes. Um, but it's not a comedy. It's, it's a romance. Um, comedy is an element within the storytelling of it. Th- uh, th- pop star. And, and there's lots of movies like that. That's how you get comedy and good jokes in, in film is you write a story and then there's comedic elements in it. Pop star is uh, the old breed of, comedy movies where their goal isn't to tell a story it's to make fucking people bust their pants laughing it's a joke it's a how are we jokes. going to get to that point is the story yes so yeah i completely agree they, they that doesn't that's not a thing anymore making yeah. comedy movies so awesome work uh my number one movie that i saw this year it absolutely captivated me I mean, like, I listened to the soundtrack for it. I have looked up <laughs> interviews on this movie. Just shit that I don't do, you know, because I'm not a movie-type stalker person. But this movie was just so captivated. Everything about it just sunk into my soul and made me so happy. It hit all the right buttons for Jackie. Oh, yeah. And it's The Greatest Show. The Greatest Showman. You don't even know the name of it. The Greatest Showman starring huge-ass man. Jackman. Yeah. Jackman. Uh, okay, well, so what, what's the story there, Jackie? Why, why for you? Well, one, it, it is a musical, uh-huh. and most of the time with musicals, the songs are just so fucking dumb that you're like, oh my God, fucking kill me. I don't want to hear about how you're jumping off the rooftop to get a bowl of porridge. Um. <laughs> Give Dissing me some all of rooftop porridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know yeah. you were trying. You said porridge, but it sounded like porridge. So. Porridge. Porridge. <laughs> porridge. Uh, Poor Oliver. <laughs> yes. He never gets porridge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, it was meant to be an uplifting and inspiring movie about acceptance and being okay with who you are. And very much a, a lot of the messaging in that movie was exactly how I feel mm-hmm. and uh, Hugh Jackman actually co-wrote a majority of the music for this he's supremely talented yes and Zac Efron I thought it was an interesting choice but man he just nailed it and that kid can sing yeah he can sing that's where he's from is singing um I thought he was just on the Disney channel no I they think if you're one of the Disney kids you got to be able to sing. do all of it yeah and then and then have better jazz hands than the other 600 standing right. behind you right yeah but um, the costumes and the messaging and the music, it all just intertwined together to make. Um, and it's it's based off of uh, J.B. or Barnum, the Barnum J- Circus. P.T. P- T- Barnum. Yeah, oh. P.T. Barnum Circus. Yeah, Barnum and Bailey. 
and um and like how he got started and you know taking the the freaks of society that everybody has cast aside and mm-hmm. told to hide mm-hmm. and making them stars right. not for people to laugh at but you know giving them um a place in the world right and oh, I'm I'm getting kind of teary eyed about it <laughs> <laughs> just how much I love this movie um and just fighting the odds of because he came from nothing, right? Mm-hmm, sure. And he loved an upper society lady in this movie, and you know they, when she's of age or whatever, they run off together, and and you know for the first bit of their lives, and they have two daughters, and the, and they're not rich people. Mm-hmm. And then he has this idea; he gets fired from his job, and he has this idea uh, of starting a museum, and the museum actually works itself into being the circus, mm-hmm. and. I don't know how to explain it to if you haven't seen it, it is a definite go out and and, uh, and with, watch it. With, if you're into musicals, I would say because the the music is complementary to it, but it's not the entire thing. It's not hmm. a bunch of music. Okay, all right. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I think you're putting a little. We'll see. I haven't seen it yet. You're you, but I do know you love it so much that I'm willing to go with you tomorrow. And I fucking hate musicals. Um. That's right. We're check, going to the Dollar Theater to check it out, but it may not be for everyone still. Because even La La Land's not, not for, for everyone. everyone. This well, makes La La Land look like a piece of shit. Oh, I don't know about that. I, you know what? I didn't enjoy La La Land that much. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And this, it's a choreography or a, a cinematography masterpiece. Okay, great. Well, this one will kick it in the teeth. I Whoa. don't think it will. What about Billy Matt? Billy Elliot? Dude, yeah, no. What? This movie is awesome. Yeah. Well, but Billy Elliot is uh, the greatest. And the reason I call it the greatest show is because the opening number in it is called This is the Greatest Show. And I just forget to put the man on the yeah. end. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, it might work great for you. And it will. And obviously, it's very popular with a lot of people. But uh, making. Oh, you should go see it. I think is a bold statement. Oh, I don't. I, I think you will. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the guys out. that are listening that like movies like Commando and Rambo are lining up to see yeah, singing and dancing. Like movie half checking. of the people that we just talked to, are like, well, one guy likes a movie with a big cock in it. Yep, not gonna watch that one. <laughs> Lady seems like Ferris dancing around. Not gonna watch that one. <laughs> and last but not least, comes to me a movie about a fishman love affair, <laughs> bestiality. <laughs> Shape of Water is my number one movie uh, by miles. Shape of Water is probably my movie of the fucking decade. Mm. Uh, it is every single aspect of filmmaking the very best that was done that year. Like just every single piece. And the thing that I think carries it most is the production design. It is just detail after detail after details. Like, like you know, in video games, let's put it this way. You've got, uh, for instance, let's say uh, I saw something on uh, Reddit about uh, Skyrim. You know the the fucking bullshit yeah, yeah, sword yeah. swords and knights jobber. Um, you have detail in game that you zoom into, right? Sure. Or you can zoom out and you drill down and you drill down on layers after layers after layers and you and you're looking. At something your character can't even see, but there's texture on flower petals. Yeah. Say, 
I don't necessarily need that to enjoy this game about having a sword and fighting dragons. Yeah. But it's there. Mm-hmm. And I go, wow. Um, it's the same way with Shape of Water. It's a story about a lady falling in love with a fish man. Um, but like their apartment, because uh, she lives with, uh, oh God, what's his name? He's such a fucking great actor. He won Best Supporting Actor. Um, there, She lives with the this the guy. Um, no, they're neighbors. They don't live together. Well, you know, they they share a space, as it were. Uh, there's just so much art involved in that, uh, you know, because it's like it's a retro piece. I wouldn't. It's not a period piece, but it's a a vintage look to everything mm. that they have. Oh, man, those guys fucking kicked ass at, at that. Uh, the music is is fantastic. Uh, Everything that Red Sonia is missing in film, in music, uh, I, like you're selling a story about a lady falling in love with a sea monster. You got to have all those pieces put together perfectly, or it's gonna not work, right? Yeah, and even I, then, right? Yeah, and it does. I mean, it's 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 a ten on every fucking level that I could possibly give it, uh, and beautiful, uh, emotionally stirring. There's, you know, you have this mess. You in Greatest Showman, you've got this message of being yourself and who you are, uh, no matter what society says about you. Well, it's the same thing with Shape of Water. It, the, guys, the movie isn't about a lady falling in love with a fish man. That's not what the the whole thing is about. That's what takes place. What it's about is fuck you to anybody who says you can't love who you love. Mm. That's not their fucking decision. And if it's a goddamn fish man, then you love that fish man. Uh, so if you think that's what it is, you're missing the messaging completely. Uh, it gets it, it nails it and just fantastic on every level. It's the best movie I've seen in 10 years. So there you go. Boom. Shakalaka. That's the episode guys. Be careful. If you run into some reruns of Airwolf, yeah. <laughs> don't watch them. Uh, thanks for listening. Another year, uh, Stinker fans. We really appreciate you guys year after year after year sticking by us and uh, enjoying the show with us and enjoying the movies and having fun along the way. So here's to year five to Jackie, Sam, and me and you, dear listener. This is the greatest show. <laughs> Get to the job. Visit us at www.stinkermadness.com. Follow Stinker Madness on Twitter at Stinker Madness. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening and get to the chopper. Things that are... Things that are doorbells. What? I don't know if you're... I'm not expecting anybody. (laughs) Well, you're looking at me like I'm bringing these people like, I don't know. I didn't make them come. How do I know that you didn't? What are they doing? Selling chalk and calling it hair chalk. <laughs> what the fuck would I want chalk in my hair for? It's because you can put colors in your hair. They're just little dudes. Oh, still, yeah. Oh, that's, like uh, six, seven, goddamn seven, little nine. bastards are selling snake oil. Yeah. They they, they were selling. Yeah, it's, it, it's cool. You can put it in dog's hair, your hair, wherever you want it. We're selling chalk hair. Chalk hair. Yeah, I get what you guys are doing, and I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Go sell it you next door, though. Fucking yeah. people. Go fuck them over there. <laughs>